Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Tailoring is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. This has been um, one of the most difficult days I've had in my 16 years of service to the Indiana House of Representatives. Uh, today this body passed an extreme abortion ban that we know will have dangerous consequences for, for Hoosier women. This was done on a rush timeline and over uh, the strong repeated objection from Indiana's medical and business communities. We also know that Hoosiers overwhelmingly opposed this legislation, which is why Republicans opposed Representative Arrington's proposal to hold a referendum on this issue. The two other uh, states that attempted to restrict abortion access in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision have failed. Legislators in West Virginia and voters in Kansas made the smart, smart decision to step away uh, from this, from the uh, proverbial ledge, but most uh, simply, this bill put simply, this bill is, is about controlling women and taking away their fundamental freedoms. I'm proud of Hoosier of House Democrats for standing up to protect those freedoms and personal liberties of Hoosier women. I want to thank the, the, term, the determined advocates who showed up every single day these last two weeks to make their voices heard. I want to reassure those people that uh, we're still in the opening stages of this fight and House Democrats are not giving up this fight. We have an election this fall and the Republicans who supported this election will have to defend that vote. I know that Hoosiers will make their voice heard. Thank you very much. Happy to answer any questions. So what do you think happens next? Do you think the Senate will concur? Oh, did or? you want to? Okay. Do you think the Senate will concur with the House, or what do you think? Of, what do you expect next? Yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Um, the changes were um, uh, there were there were a few, but certainly um, um, I don't know the answer to that. I haven't talked to, frankly, the Senate here in the last couple of days to see what they're they're thinking. Uh, I would imagine there's been some talks between the two, and they were trying to get this done without probably having to go to conference. So, um, but I don't know the answer to that. But I imagine there's been some com com uh, communication between both chambers. We saw the Indy Chamber come out uh, saying that this was moving too quickly. They're just one economic uh, organization that has. Do you think that you're going to see similar kind of pushback or similar? Well, I do. I mean, the main issue there is that um, the uh, Indy Chamber, chambers across the state, uh, businesses that are trying to attract and uh, retain young talent here in the state, uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, folks, young people aren't going to want to live in Indiana anymore, laws like this. Uh, so they're trying, their job is to grow businesses here in the state of Indiana, and passing a, a law like this is going to make it very difficult for them to do their jobs, which is what we really want. You know, we want to attract young people here to Indiana. We want to grow our economy, and it's going to be very difficult to do going forward because of this bill. Representative Pryor, you, you, you know the legislative maps as well as anybody. Um, are Republicans really going to face any electoral consequences for this vote today? I'm hoping that, and I do think that House Democrats will pick up some seats. So um, I think we have really good candidates, um, and I'm excited about the folks that we have running. And uh, we may not get the majority, but I do have confidence that we will pick up some seats. Um, women are still out there making noise. Um, 
speaking up for themselves, and I think they're going to be going to the polls in November showing their discontent with this vote. And I might add to that, that with the results that we saw in Kansas last Tuesday, where um, not only in the uh, urban and suburban areas, but Republicans and even the rural areas uh, came out in droves to vote uh, no, I believe was the, the, the answer there, so in that uh, referendum. So uh, this is just not going to be an issue that resonates just in certain segments of Indiana, but I think all across the state. This is Representative Bauer, in your comments, you basically drew a line between this and past uh, public policies that have targeted women, like divorce laws, that sort of thing. Do you see this as part of a broader pattern over the next few years? Yeah, I think a lot of the policy that we pass out of this chamber reflect our state, where we have uh, people leaving the state, where we have low enrollment in our universities or can expect to have lower enrollment, where doctors say they will leave the state, teachers have already left the state. So when we pass those policies, it impacts the people who live here. And so we are standing here to push back on policies that gain us negative national attention. We did that in this past session with an education bill, and we will continue to push back on any type of bills that will uh, further impact people who choose to live in Indiana. And by the way, it's just not me, not us. It's the CEO of Eli Lilly and others that have also been making those comments that it's been difficult to uh, keep those graduates here uh, in the state. They've been, uh, those engineers, and they've been yep. leaving the state. And um, and so that it's just coming from the those that actually run the, the companies here in Indiana, those statements. What are your thoughts on the inflation release passed today? The, oh, the Senate bill. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to comment on Senate bill? Uh, Senate bill two. two. Yeah. Um, I think it was a start. I think uh, it's taxpayers' money. We should have given more. Um, we started out with 225, which is what the governor wanted. I don't personally think that was enough. I had an amendment that would have taken that to 325. We have adequate money um, in the budget. Um, in our reserves to make sure that we're taking care of Hoosiers. Uh, it's their money, it's not our money. We continue to get in more money than anticipated, so we're not losing anything. But what we're not doing is taking care of those people who are struggling every day. As a matter of fact, um, when it was the plan was initially put out, in the 125 that was given to people, it didn't even go to the people who needed the money the most. So the least of the least didn't even get the 125. So we certainly should be giving people as much as we can give them so that they can make ends meet. And I think, as um, uh, Representative Porter said, something that's certainly better than nothing. Uh, we have been advocating for uh, relief at the gas pump for several months now, and uh, it is in, in uh, there's some in this bill. But we started talking about it shoot last March, I believe. So um, uh, while we and we do think that is that important to help Hoosiers that are uh, need the help and need the assistance. So uh, certainly we wanted to uh, uh, support the bill, but thought we could have, as usual, another missed, another missed opportunity, and we see that a lot here in the legislature. And we could have added more <clears throat> opportunities for families and children and pregnant women, which have been underfunded historically in the state of Indiana. We could have added pregnancy accommodations. We could have invested in child care, where 50% of the state is a child care desert. So those were certainly missed opportunities when pairing that with a ban on abortion. And the maternal mortality rate, putting money in there to create a fund to decrease that rate. Our numbers are terrible uh, when you look at other states, but we're not doing anything for that even. 
Representative Bauer, I'll ask you the same question I asked for Representative McNamara. Do you think Indiana is adequately prepared to force thousands of women to give birth? No, we're woefully underprepared. 33 of our counties do not have hospital or a birthing unit. Uh, we don't have access to prenatal care in a majority of our state. Women now are dying in childbirth and pregnancy from complications. We have the third highest maternal mortality rate. I think everyone knows that by now, and we have to pass policy that changes that before we're forcing anyone into pregnancy and birth. So Phil, what's next? Well, um, you know, we, I, I'd say we turn our attention to the elections, but I, <clears throat> this is kind of unusual. So we've been, uh, candidates have been out there working uh, uh, all year, really, and all summer knocking on doors. And we know this is going to be a big issue coming up uh, on the November uh, ballot. So uh, we're going to work hard and uh, <clears throat> put out there our, um, our ideas, House Democrats, like we've been doing all session. And we think we have a pretty good winning, uh, frankly, a winning message. And uh, we, we're uh, hoping for some, some big success this November. Beyond the election, though, you said that this is just the beginning of the fight. What what can you actually do to you know to fight back against this legislation? Yeah, I mean, well, there you know, look, I've always said that um, the reason, one of the reasons, I, I I think we've done a really nice job of of uh, putting that message out there and informing the public that you have to come down, you have to be engaged. I haven't seen this much engagement in the hallway, uh, maybe in ten years since uh, Right to Work, something like that. So it's been. Uh, very, it's just been great to see uh, uh, folks engage, and that, that's what you have to do. I mean, uh, people have to vote. They have to get to the polls this November and vote, make their voices heard. Uh, you, sorry, you just, you just talked about the most public engagement since Right to Work, and I agree. But following Right to Work, Indiana House Democrats were in a super minority. They lost even more seats. So... Is that a bad sign for what you're hoping to accomplish? Well, we've seen certainly trends uh, over the last few elections um, uh, trending toward Democrats. And again, not only just in the urban areas, but certainly the suburban areas. But I think this is something because we, we the, if you heard the speeches today, we've been talking about um, what, it, what this is all about, which is freedom and liberty. And, and that hits home for everybody. That, you, that they folks do not want the Indiana General Assembly to tell them what how, how to um, what to do with their medical decisions and that affects everybody in this state whereas right to work frankly was maybe just a, 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 an issue with uh, with regard to union members and also even with right to work remember we were uh it was redistricting that happened. So we lost the majority. Republicans had an opportunity to redraw the maps. <clears throat> and so they drew the maps to give them a super majority. So it wasn't just right to work. It was a culmination of several things that played into that. And you're talking about a new generation of non-voters, of women and young girls who will be impacted by this policy, whose parents, whose mothers and grandmothers fought for this right that was taken away. And they're getting the marching orders from their parents on how to fight and stand up and have a voice. And so I think this will have an incredible opportunity for people to get engaged in government and politics like they never have before in Indiana. Thanks very much. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.